You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Uh, We are going to uh, tackle a genre of sorts. But you and I didn't have any clue what the hell we were going to do. We're going to talk about movies, we're going to talk about TV shows, we're going to talk about toys, we're going to talk about, you know, all the things that made this such such an important part. I love toys. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm Sean Grugel. And we are power tripping the 80s here on the pfc podcast network powered by anchor.fm hey everybody welcome to power tripping through the 80s here on the pfc entertainment network i'm jason klaus being joined by my tag team partner in this endeavor sean krugel um (laughs) We are, uh, it's been a challenge this morning, full, full disclosure, trying to get all of our ducks in a row, Tech, technically speaking, uh, that seems to be a reoccurring theme here, but be that as it may, we are here, we are excited to be back in, in our respective studios after um, a field trip of sorts, Sean, um, we're coming off of, by and large, man, a very successful first live outing that we had here uh, on uh, the 24th of March over at the Backroads Bar and Grill for Power Tripping Through the 80s Karaoke and Costume Party. Man, what a night that was. Man, I'm telling you, it was off the hook. There were so many people in there. It was uh, it was stupid. There were so many people in there. And you know, a lot of people were dressed up. A lot of people were singing. I mean, hell, it was almost an hour and a half to two hour late or two hour wait for people to get up to the microphone and sing. But man, what a time at Backroads. It really was. It was everything that we thought it would be. And then some. I touched a little bit on I touched on it a little bit on last week's Klaus of the Heart podcast. I didn't want to go too far in into the weeds because I wanted to talk about it on here. Um, but I had made mention of a couple of things that were my observations from that particular event. And there was that, that point where you and I were, were sitting up on stage during one of the performances and we were just, we just looked out into the bar and it was, you know, and I don't say this as a disparaging remark or anything, but it was literally elbows and assholes in there, man. Like you, it, it was hard to get rude to navigate through the crowd and and like i made mention 
on that night. I said it since since that night later than St. Patrick's Day. In fact, there is a new T-shirt on our online store that you can check out at cafepress.com forward slash PFC Network. The uh, Power Tripping Through the 80s live shirt. And on the back, it says, we were bigger than St. Patrick's Day. Um, so check that out. But, you know, you and I were sitting there watching and, and look, just the overall vibe was was just such such a welcomed, like a distraction from most of our everydays, you know, because there's so much stress and anxiety and bullshit that people deal with in their everyday lives. But or that night we were able to go back in time for, you know, the lack of a better term and just enjoy everybody's company and 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 all of that and like you tapped me on the leg and you're like man look what we did and i had said i'm you know right then i'm like this wasn't me man like this was all on you and this is your this is your town this is your bar this is your people and like i've been i've i've been to back road several times now and you know, I, I was there on St. Patrick's Day night. I, you know, I've been there for the various karaoke things. And, um, you know, the one thing of it is, is that the one thing that is a constant is the vibe of that place. It is a very welcoming vibe, very laid back, low key. Everybody is cool. I have not encountered really um, any kind of issues other than, you know, girls, Wanting to, I don't know who who knows, but <laughs> uh, but be that as it may, um, very cool vibe. And you know, if you pay attention to our social media accounts, you the cat is out of the bag. We we're already planning for the sequel of sorts. April the twenty eighth, we are going back to back roads, but this time uh, we are going to kind of tiptoe into the 1990s what's what's your take on on all that and did you expect the success that we saw on the 24th and how it's uh it's manifested into the sequel man i tell you what uh i was expecting a crowd of people i really was because the vibe leading up to the day of the show i mean that's all people could talk about was they were looking forward to this 80s party uh, we weren't even halfway through the 80s party, and they were already, like, there was an uprising of sorts that they already want us back, mm-hmm. and they wanted this 90s party. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bar owner, Gary, absolutely floored at how many people we brought into that place, and he's he's all about it. Uh, I wasn't expecting to go to the 90s. But you know what? What the hell? I guess I, I guess we'll be power tripping through the decades before too long. Um, one idea that was brought up last night, and I think we should definitely do it, is they want to do a power tripping and PJ's party. So <laughs> I, I see that on the horizon. I don't know exactly what that's going to entail, but you know, um, at at this point in time, uh, I would suggest on April the twenty eighth. Uh, we started having people show up at six o'clock and the show didn't start until eight o'clock. My suggestion is if you want to come out, get something early to eat, something early to drink and find yourself a spot for the show because uh, that place filled up quick and it was full all night long. And and they kept a party going after midnight. I think it went to like one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
even without us, those dirty bastards. But hey, <laughs> you know, we laid the groundwork. It was it was up to them to keep on dancing. It was it was a good time for sure. And they certainly did, you know. And you know, I was you know full full disclosure as we're recording this on Saturday morning um, or afternoon at this point, a little bit later, but be that as it may, we were there last night. Actually, you and I um, were part of a four man panel on the Klaus and Q show on ON TV where we broke down WrestleMania 39 and we did kind of kind of a preview show and then after we got off the air on ON TV I took you cuz we you, you you and I rode down to Lake Orion I picked you up we we went down there came back went to back roads and like I had heard I, I while you were doing your mingling I was having a conversation with your wife Sharon and she had made mention, like, I think she was the first one that had said something about the PJ thing. But then it was, um, she had said something about, there was rumblings about, about country night. And if we were going to be incorporated into country night. And I'm like, look, if there's, if there's a stage and there's a crowd and you guys need hosts for a party, you have no choice but to come to the power trip, you know, because <laughs> nobody throws a party like the power trip does. You know what I'm saying? That was very much on full display. Can we talk about your costume real quick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we must, yeah. <laughs> I, I had uh, friends of mine, uh, a, a couple of them showed up to the bar. Um, other ones did not. Uh, they were not able to. One of them, um, my friend Colette and and her husband bill uh have been big supporters of the klaus to the heart brand from day one and they have followed my journey to expand the network they listen to just about all of the shows i'm not so sure if they pay attention to uh the turnbuckle time machine just because you know it's professional wrestling and they're not really big wrestling fans but like they listen to the to the flagship show, they listen to our show. I'm pretty sure uh, the real podcast as well. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, <laughs> people that were not able to make it to Backroads on the 24th, may everyone that I talked to, bro, what was up with your <laughs> your partner's costume? <laughs> I was like, that was that was Richard Simmons, and if you had. If you were not there, you missed out on some of the funniest shit that <laughs> I had seen and heard in quite some time. Throwing Twinkies out to the crowd. <laughs> man, I was I was shooting those things, perfect three-pointers from the line, man. I was like Kobe, and they're just landing in people's hands. They weren't even trying to catch them. It was I, amazing. Was it King Richard that was sitting out at the table and he was talking to somebody, like his head was turned looking at somebody that he was talking to, and you just right into his goddamn lap like 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 you said it was like perfectly you know aimed for that spot and it was fucking hilarious yeah you know when i first come out well when i first changed i think uh you accidentally walked into the bathroom as i was walking out of the toilet yeah. stall and you about doubled over in pain you were laughing so hard um, and I don't know if you saw it when I first, I mean, I ran out of the bathroom and as I was running through the bar, 
I was throwing Twinkies at people, telling them they needed to get as slim and sexy as I was. And uh, <laughs> and what what made it even funnier is uh, when Big Keith came in and he was wearing a full leotard, and we were up on stage doing uh, what calisthenics or aerobics, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, yeah, so yeah, Richard Simmons was the costume. I am planning on my '90s costume here. Uh, it's not going to be as uh, let's just say eccentric as the Richard Simmons costume, but I think it'll be a fun surprise nonetheless. Very much looking forward to it, and uh, one more, and you're going to hear about it in the next several weeks as we lead up to it, just like we did last time, Friday night, April the twenty eighth. 8 till midnight, theoretically. Backroads Bar and Grill, Holly, Michigan. It, uh, we're, we're tackling the 90s on that particular night for one night only, as it stands right now. So check out our social media accounts and the website, klaustoftheheart.net, for all the latest information. You know, you say as it stands right now. I, I have a feeling, after some discussions with Joe Johnson on TV, that our fans of the network are going to see us quite a bit more out in live public settings. Uh, we're not going to fully disclose all the details until everything, like what did they say? All the T's and all the, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Right. Um, but if things keep going the way they're going, um, yeah, uh, fans of the network, you you guys might actually get sick of seeing us out in live settings. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I know <laughs> I I know you say that tongue in cheek. Listen, full dis- we have a topic. We will get to it. But with, I mean, this shit's important. <laughs> um, you say that, and and I I know it's kind of tongue in cheek. However, um, you and I have had private conversations you know, on the phone or, or what, even in person. Um, what makes successful shows on any realm is the chemistry and the camaraderie between the hosts, between the people who are kind of run, running the ship, so, so to speak. What you and I have is what everybody aspires for because more often than not, I know what you're going to do before you do, and vice versa. That was very much on display when we were on stage at Backroads, when we did ONTV for the WrestleMania special. Like, I, I, can, I can tell by your mannerisms and just the, because we've known each other for so long. It's, it's, and it's not just a professional relationship that you and I have. We have a very tight, very strong personal friendship. And we, you, that's the kind of shit you can't fake. You cannot fake that kind of chemistry. And stuff like that resonates with people. Fans of ours, absolutely. Obviously. But people that are seeing us and hearing us for the first time. And that was on full display when we did the, the 80s party. Some of those people saw us for the first time, heard us for the first time, yet we registered with them. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people are dying for entertainment, good quality entertainment. And yes, 
there is a number of different options out there. There is a number of different um, realms of entertainment that that strive to get people's attention and money and 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 all of this shit. Us, what we do is very organic, and that resonates with people. And you're right, we have some we have some cool shit in in the works here. You know, the 90s thing on April the 28th, you kind of touched on um, ONTV. As the weeks come, we will we will be making some pretty big announcements. And it is an expansion of this network. And I am very proud. I'm very proud of the strides that we're making. I'm proud of the fact that we are re- we are resonating with people across the board. Listeners, fans people that watch the YouTube shows. Now we are we are taking our fan base and kind of redirecting them to ONTV, which is a tremendous opportunity. You never know what doors of opportunity are going to open here, man. And like, as you and I are embarking down this proverbial hallway, all these doors are opening. You know what I'm saying? We didn't expect this. Right, um... Things are just happening. You know, I think DJ Cassandra said it best. When uh, good people do good things, opportunities present themselves to you. Um, And, you know, I I don't know why I feel like I need to say this, especially at this point in time, but I'm going to say it. In full disclosure, full transparency, uh, we did videotape. Videotape, man, what an 80s term that was. We filmed. Yeah, we we digitally recorded, <laughs> um, digitally recorded uh, the the entire show uh, for for the power trip through the '80s party. And at this point in time, I am having much difficulty with that video footage. Just getting it transferred. I did talk to a media specialist yesterday. And uh, we will be getting those files up as soon as we possibly can. So, you know, just hold on. Uh, We will get it done eventually. It's just not going to be in as quick as fashion as we originally hoped it to be. So I apologize for that. I take full responsibility for that. I I mean, it's it is what this was our first time doing this. Yeah, it's going to be trial and error. You know, by the time we get back to back roads in a live setting on April the 28th, we will, you know, we'll have those ducks in a row. And like you and I were talking on the way down to ONTV's studio last night, you know, I had talked to some streaming specialists of, on my own, and he had suggested a couple of different programs that uh, would make our lives a whole lot simpler. But then, you know, that another door of opportunity opened up and you know there's by the time we get back on stage excuse me things will run a little bit smoother but by and large for our first time out doing this huge success yeah totally agree totally agree and i am looking forward to the 90s party i Full disclosure, uh, 90s, I graduated from high school in 93. I started wrestling in 96, and uh, the drinking commenced within the 90s, and 
I have little to no recollection of the 90s, so this is actually going to be a treat for me. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to grabbing your hand and tiptoeing through the path that was the 1990s. I graduated in 94. I opened up the Michigan Wrestling Organization. Okay, I graduated in June of 94. By the time September rolled around, I had opened up the Michigan Wrestling Organization. And it, um, like, with you, like, there was a little bit of partying that went on. But I have a a clearer um, recollection of of the 1990s. So I'm happy to help navigate you through through that that particular decade and a lot of it you'll probably be learning for the first time so that that'll be fun that'll be fun it's it's taking a trip back into proverbial time machine as we say (laughs) uh yeah sidebar i've been watching back to the future Uh, i'm on i'm on the third one right now um so it's it it's fun you know it's uh, it was was on peacock It, it popped up on peacock and uh I, you know, the, just the whole nostalgia thing for um, for the 80s and the 90s, you know, it's on the screen. And I, I say that to say, I came across this thing called Pluto TV. And the, on Pluto TV, they have the Family Ties channel. Oh, wow. I, say, I say that because that leads into our, our topic this week. Um, Family Ties was a very influential show for me as a kid. Michael J. Fox and his character of Alex P. Keaton on, on that show, um, in some regards, was something of a role model for me. You know, not necessarily his political, you know, views and things of that nature, although that was a huge part of his character. Just his presentation, the way he went about things, um, put Michael J. Fox on, on the map. I say that to say, uh, today we're going to talk about the TV shows that uh, people most associate with the 1980s. Can you believe I found a list, Sean? <laughs> the damn you say, another list. Have you been doing research again? I can't help it, bro. It's what I do. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm going to speculate that a lot of the TV shows uh, that I watched, you and I probably watched, but there was some TV shows that were so obscure that I watched because of my father. I would bet nine times out of ten they are not on that list. Um, right off the top of my head, the first one I can think of is, uh, you know, there's, I, I've talked about this before. There's something about a movie or a TV show that has a monkey in it. If it's got a monkey in it, I'm all on board. And uh, this one was called BJ and the Bear. You yeah. Yes, yes, BJ's. But see, I bet you it's not on the list. It's not. So, yeah. Okay, I got to hit pause for a second. I got to go on a sidebar. Okay. And I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to mention this on the air, but I'm going to because you said monkey. You said oh, monkey. I thought I had a booger hanging. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, this is for video, so I mean, even even if you did, I wouldn't have said jack shit about it. However, okay. you mentioned monkey, and I have to go on the sidebar. Like I said, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna talk about this. Um, uh, when we set up for the power tripping through the '80s karaoke and costume party on the 24th, you and Sharon did something that. Um, I mean, 
in in at this at this point in my life right now um i've been going through a lot of turmoil a lot of personal inner turmoil uh, I try not to put that on public display. Like I don't really put a whole lot of shit on Facebook or anything like that. But like you and I, uh, you, I mean, you know, pretty much everything that's going on that I've been going through. And uh, several weeks ago, we were talking about the guilty pleasures that we had as kids. And I had made mention of this, um, this puppet that I had that was a monkey puppet and you know, the backstory around it. Now for the, for those listening, I'm telling this for the, for the benefit of those listening um i was setting up i was getting my notes and shit together uh for the live thing and sean and sharon came up to me with this rap box and I, i'm not gonna go into detail as to what you said to me although it was incredibly personal and it really touched my heart um you and sharon uh presented me with this gift as a way to say Thank you for bringing you a part of this network. And it was a, uh, it was, it was a monkey puppet. And uh, it was, it looked exactly like the one I had as a kid. The only, the only difference was the shirt that the thing had on. And, but other than that, it was, it was identical to the one that I had as a kid. Opening that box and seeing that, uh opened up the floodgates internally for me and it like to some it sounds insignificant and i understand that but you need to understand you know it because of what that thing represented um and the fact that you and your wife thought think enough of me to go through the motions of gifting me that uh, well, like, you'll never know how much that truly touched my soul. And I like, I just wanted to make mention of it since you mentioned the, the monkey thing. Well, and, and there's a reason why I collect toys because it, it takes you back. Uh, it's, we always talk about the proverbial time machine. Uh, when I get, a certain toy in my hand, it takes me back to a certain time. And when we were on that show and I heard you talking about that monkey and how you would annoy the piss out of Jeff and, uh, you know, how you did the uh, lip sync monkey songs for your friend who moved to Texas, I looked at Sharon, I says, I got to find this monkey for Jason. And the search was on because I knew I, I, there was no better time, number one, for me to give it to you than doing the show, you know, to, to give you that feeling of nostalgia. Because we were giving the people in front of us that feeling of nostalgia. I wanted to give you back that piece of your childhood so you would enjoy the show that much more. And I really did mean it when I said... You know, I appreciate you bringing me on the network, but but at the same time, um, I enjoy the feeling of watching you. Like it was like almost like when you opened up that box, you had a thousand memories flood flood your head, and seeing the look on your face when you saw that monkey, 
that made that evening even more special for me. Well, it uh, <laughs> it resonated for sure. And there like, wasn't no, there wasn't no damn wrestling figure. So, no, it certainly, <laughs> it certainly wasn't, man. But uh, it it was it it meant everything. So I just want wanted to make mention that. So okay, back on track here. All right, uh, BJ and the Bear. I I re- I remember that show, and and you're right. It's not on this list, and it's one of those shows that doesn't get enough attention to it. And like there's other shows like one that really comes to mind and it does pop up on several lists, but not all of them. And it resonated with me. And I know it sure as hell did with you. The greatest American hero. Oh, yeah. You know, that show was fucking amazing. And you look back on it like I'm, I'm glad to see it's finally starting to get some sort of notoriety now. But. You know, a handful of years ago, you'd be hard pressed to find anything with the greatest American hero on it. But now it's started like I was at the toy store or at uh, Meyer, I guess it was, went down the toy aisle and they had die cast uh, cars, you know, various cars. There was a car from the greatest American hero on there. Um, and I was like, oh. now, every time I see that, I think of you, n- number one, and then it takes me back to looking forward to that show coming on every single week, you know, because it was just so, it wasn't, it's not Superman, it ain't Batman, it ain't, you know, Spider-Man, it's, you know, kind of like a takeoff on a superhero show, and, but it registered with us, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's a shame that it's now getting the recognition it probably should have gotten back in the 80s, you know, now that Robert Culp has gone and passed on, but, you know, William Catt and Connie Selica are still around. And I know they were talking about making a Greatest American Hero movie or uh, another run of the series. You know, when that series hit, I believe, season three, that's kind of like when it jumped a shark. It went kind of weird when they started bringing in aliens and everything else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Greatest American Hero is probably one of the best TV. I mean, how could you? How could you not think it was great? The guy's gifted a superhero suit and loses the instruction book. Right. You know, so now, through trial and error, he becomes a superhero. Now you you brought up greatest American hero. Now I know this show that I'm about to mention isn't exactly in the '80s, but they played it a lot in the '80s. Really resonates with me. Makes me think of my dad. And I don't know if you would remember this show or not. Uh, I believe you'll remember the name of it, and I believe you'll remember the name of the star who was in it. Uh, he since has passed away, but his name was Dan Haggerty, and the TV show was called The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. Mm-hmm. And uh, that show, uh, of course, you know, I got it on DVD. But when I when I hear that theme song, man, I'm back to being eight years old, sitting in my living room at the old house in Drayton Plains, and... Uh, Again, just like a toy man, a theme song, uh, a name could take you right back to being a kid again. Yeah, you know, I look at the the shows on this list, and the ones that resonate with me resonate because of memories, that nostalgic feeling. You just laid one, you know, you just laid out a perfect example. In terms of you just hear the hear the theme song and it takes you back to you being eight years old and sit down with your dad and watching the show. Now, for me, 
uh, a lot of these shows that, that that I'm looking at on this list, I mentioned Family Ties a, a, a little bit ago. I can remember sitting down with my family watching that show every single week. And like that was family time. Except for Thursdays, we could we we didn't have we didn't have control of the TV on Thursdays because that's the day that my dad wanted to watch the PBS things like uh, This Old House and um, Rob Trot, you know, the, all the all the outdoor shows and things of that nature. You know, you're so funny because after I mentioned Grizzly Adams, I got to thinking about my dad, and it was always Michigan outdoors. Yeah, you know, and. What's fun? I was gonna ask you if your dad watched those local PBS TV shows like Michigan Outdoors uh, on s- Sunday mornings. I believe it was. My dad made me watch Babe Winkleman all yes. the time. <laughs> you know, watch the fishing shows, and yeah, to this day, I mean, I still fish. My dad, uh, you know, I have kind of a history of you know people doing athletic things in my family my great-grandfather he used to play baseball um i have his old baseball card around here somewhere but my dad used to be a member of the bass masters and he used to travel around the country and and enter these bass uh, fishing tournaments and uh he was sponsored by like he had was sponsored by rapella he was uh oh mr twister um he was on the verge of getting a boat from, uh, oh, what the hell was the boat back in the 80s? But, uh, yeah, so my dad all the time, that's what we would watch, watch those outdoor shows. Because, my, you know, back then they didn't have these really technical, digitally enhanced bass finders and stuff like right. that. But I sure do remember going to these fishing tournaments and being bored off my ass waiting for him to pull into the dock. So, but, yeah, that, Wow, man, that just really sparked some memories in me. Holy God. <laughs> you know, I uh, these shows, TV shows, a lot of them that are on this list, very few of them were, were in the specific 10-year block of the 1980s. Some started in the 70s, ended in the 80s. Others started in the 80s, ended in the 90s. Uh, but they still resonated and and they're still very much a part of our childhood. The first show that's on this list really is what put the Fox network on the map. I give you that clue to see if you could tell me what show I'm talking about. You talk about it all the time. Married with children. Absolutely. Okay. Came out in 19, it, it debuted in 1987. That's when the Fox network, launched and instead of the big three abc nbc and cbs fox has now become a national powerhouse and it was married with children that was one of the pillars that launched the success of what would become fox and it's now now you got fox sports you you know what their nfl package and now wwe has put smackdown on there but you you look at the the different shows on fox and like it started with married with children i did not realize i guess that that show ran for 10 years like it went off the air in 1997 i felt like it didn't go that long but apparently it did it did you know and they tried different different uh incarnations of the family if you remember right they brought in the kid i believe they called him seven maybe 
And, uh, you know, so to me, like bringing in seven was like bringing in cousin Oliver on the Brady Bunch. You know, they were they were trying to add more appeal to the show. Uh, like when Peggy was pregnant and they were going to have the baby, then all of a sudden, you know, that disappeared. And then we started seeing guest stars like Big Bad Mama and King Kong Bundy, you know, and different people like that. Um, you know, you say married with children, but at the same time, around that same time, it had a very popular cartoon, uh, which was controversial in its own right. And you had the Simpsons start up in the 80s as well. Uh, Simpsons really helped launch the Fox brand as well. And then I think going into the 90s, I think it became uh, Beverly Hills 90210, which carried it on even further. Yeah, and I was a Fox watcher. Mel's, Melrose Place, like it started a whole different genre of entertainment because they started appealing to younger teenagers. You know, you yeah. mentioned the, the Simpsons. The Simpsons is a spinoff from the Tracy Ullman show. Now, Tracy Ullman is, an, is another one. Of, and she's one of these people that doesn't get the just do that she deserves. Like her show was huge at the time. Arsenio Hall. You know, he brought his, uh, yeah, he brought his, his, you know, that was Fox's endeavor in late night talk shows. You know, you had Carson, you had, you know, like the Tonight Show and, and, and Letterman and all this. Yeah. Um, you had Arsenio Hall in there and like it took him a minute, but once he got going, man, he, I mean, the sky was the absolute limit for him. Uh, so it's kind of the thing that this little itty bitty, you know, network became what it would become because now it's, you know, it's absolutely huge. It's a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar entity and look what all it, it has, it has pr- produced, right? Um, shows like Chips that started in the 70s, like Chips came out in 77, it debuted in 77. Uh is that something that that registered with you? It didn't register with me till later on. You know, I I liked the Chip Show. Uh, my dad was a big cop uh, TV show guy, so we were made to watch uh, Columbo, mm. Beretta. Beretta was the big one. Kojak. You know, we watched all those cop TV shows. Um, Eric Estrada, my mom had a huge crush on. So that that was a thing too. We had to watch Chips so you can see, like it was Eric Estrada and Scott Bayo. So my, my my mom was all about Scott Bayo. So when the spinoff from Happy Days, Joni Loves Chachi, I had to watch that one all the friggin' time. And quite stand, I, I couldn't stand Joni. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like Happy Days was cool, you know. Hey, Bonds dug them. The spinoff was absolute garbage. In my right. opinion, couldn't I, I couldn't do it. Um, Scott Bale, not to, I'm going to kind of sidebar it. He showed up in one of my favorite, most obscure 80 movies. You remember the movie Zapped? Yeah. One, one of the best underrated movies out there. And uh, his, oh, wait a minute. Not only that, he brought in Willie Ames from Charles in Charge onto Zapped as well. So, and then Willie Ames became like some big Christian guy towards the mm-hmm. end there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you, you talk about the cop shows. Was was Hill Street Blues on 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 your watch list or your parents' watch list? No, nope, not at all. Good, one mine either. Highway to Heaven. 
God, I love that show. Michael Landon was so good in that. I, we had to watch Little House on the Prairie, but when Highway to Heaven uh, started, and his partner's name was Victor French. Yep. And man, was that was that a TV? And look, no cell phone. See that? I'm I'm doing good today. The mind is working. <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of like Quantum Leap before Quantum Leap was a thing. And Highway to Heaven has. When you saw Michael Landon walking down the street, kind of like how Bill Bixby would walk down the street in The Incredible Hulk, and you had that sad music playing, man, you knew you'd just watch something special. I'm telling you. How great was Michael Landon? Oh, Michael Landon was... I, again, I don't think he gets the uh, respect that's due to him now. I mean, he used to then, okay? Yeah. Uh, but... As an actor, it's kind of sad to see how he was pretty much forgotten about, I think. Yeah, so I totally agree. And and it wasn't until he passed away where people were like, oh, man, we just lost a treasure. Oh, man, you probably should have fucking appreciated him a little bit more when he was here. You know, yeah. why Why do we got to wait till it's too late? You, you know what I'm saying? All and right. What, what was he? Go oh, Bonanza. He was in Bonanza. So that, that was the thing back then. So, yeah. Sorry, had, had a, my mind's working. I got a million thoughts going through it now. Hey, fire, fire away, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, these these next two here kind of kind of go hand in hand with me. I think they do with you too. And it wasn't necessarily the actors that. Um, I will go. No, I'll I'll keep it with these two. It wasn't necessarily the actors that made this show, but the props, the props in terms of the vehicles. Dukes of Hazard, Knight Rider. Yeah, absolutely. You can throw Airwolf in there too. Okay. So. See, I was gonna go with <laughs> I was going to go with the A team. But then you had Mr. Yeah. T. You had, you know what I'm saying? That that was Airwolf. Great, great example. What? Absolutely love that show. Wasn't there another TV show similar to Night Rider, but it was with a motorcycle. Street Hawk. Street Hawk, that's right. Yep. Yes. Not a lot of people re remember that show. Um, I do. I I, re I remember it. And I wasn't, I've never been a motorcycle guy. You know, like I never, I've never learned how to ride one. I've never had any interest in learning how to ride one. Probably because when I was younger, a good friend of mine was killed on one and I had no interest in it whatsoever however that show and and like that show came out before my my friend passed away and i think uh even then like i was more into the helicopters i loved airwolf i loved blue thunder uh like people remember the blue thunder movie but they don't re remember the tv show um but street hawk was something different and like i i remember that show rex fuck was his last name smith i feel like rex smith was the main ag actor's name in that i could be wrong on that i don't want to have to you know jump on the on the google machine but uh street hawk is is a great example but uh knight rider and i mean take david hasselhoff i mean he would become what he became with baywatch and i mean we've we we've done we've talked about him a lot here on on the program but um at that time, it was all about the car, you know, yep. and same thing with the Dukes of Hazard until the popularity became a thing. And Daisy Duke 
you know, started popping up on every teenage boy's, you know, walls and poster form. But it was the car, the General Lee, that made that show what it was. Um, it was, but I, I think that uh, a lot of uh, how do I want to put this? With Dukes of Hazard, I mean, you had a lot, a lot of great characters of Boss Hog, Cooter, Cletus, you know, Daisy Duke, Uncle Jesse. Um, you know, I, I think there was a lot more to that show than uh, the General Lee. But if you go back to Knight Rider, sidebar here, um, Mr. Feeney from, oh, God, what the hell's that that guy's Boy name? Meets, uh, Boy, Boy Meets World? Boy Meets World, Mr. Feeney, the principal. He yeah. was actually the voice of Kit. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that car... William Daniels gave, or Mr. Feeney gave Kit so much personality with that. I mean, it wasn't even a robotic voice. It was Mr. Feeney for fuck's sake, you know. Uh, but the dichotomy between him and David Hasselhoff, it just works so well. But it wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're right. I mean, certain shows, the car or vehicles can make the movie. I mean, when I say Ghostbusters, you immediately think of the Ecto-1, you know, I say Thunder in Paradise, which a few people might remember, you know, it's all about the boat, you know, uh, hell, you can even go older, go with McHale's Navy, and you go with the old, you know, uh, Destroyer, you know, so, now, you're absolutely right, vehicles can make the show. Here's one that just uh, came to mind. And it's not on my list. It gets overlooked all the time. It's I have not ever seen it on a list of any sort that I've looked at. Hardcastle and McCormick, the Coyote. Oh my God. Yeah, like I had to go on on YouTube uh, the the other day because that show popped in my head, and I'm like, what the fuck happened to that show? That was a cool show. Yeah, uh, that was a show my dad watched too. God, I'm gonna have to because. Wasn't Hardcastle a judge and McCormick like was like a criminal and yeah. they teamed up to fight crime? Or yes. something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that with Dad. God, that's a cool one. I haven't that thought about that cool one forever. Yeah. Um where were you on, on the Benny Hill show? Did that come across your radar? Not when I was a kid. Uh later on in life when I would hear the Benny Hill theme song, it's one of those it's stupid. It's kind of like uh, Eric Cartman with that song "Sail Away," and yeah. you can't stop singing it. Yeah. When I hear the Benny Hill song, I just I I gotta move. I love that song. <laughs> you know that show was on for over twenty years. Really, from, from nineteen sixty nine to nineteen eighty nine. See, Benny Hill was one of those shows where it. Was, if I was flipping through, I would stop and I'd watch it for a minute. But it was almost like uh, hee-haw to me in a way. You know? <laughs> oh, man, did that just strike a memory with you? you know, <gasps> oh! <laughs> Salute! <laughs> you know, it was like a variety show. And I, I was, when I was a kid, you know, I, I had to have a story to hold my attention. It wasn't, you know, some small clips at a time, so... Hee-haw. Hee-haw, buddy. I that taste that's that's my grandparents, man. That yeah. that takes me to stay in the night out 
at my grandparents on on the weekend. You know, that's oh, where I watched Deuce of Hazard was with them. See, my grandparents, it was Hee Haw, uh, Petticoat Junction. Yes. Uh, Green Acres. Yes. And then if it was a Sunday, it was Star Search. And during the week, it was always Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. So always Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. You couldn't get away from Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune at my grandparents' house. No. <laughs> I, I feel like that's pretty universal, you know. Um, and to think that those shows are still gone, like Pat Sajak is still doing, and Vanna White, still yeah. doing Wheel of Fortune. Just, it's crazy. 30 years later, there's, and they look like they haven't aged a day. Um, it's a I hard know, job turning letters. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, true story. Now she don't even have to turn them. She just hits a button and bing, the thing yeah. comes up. Um, I know we've, we've talked about this show before in, in previous episodes. I know it registered with you. Like I, I knew about it, but I didn't watch it. I didn't really, it wasn't my, it wasn't my thing. Fame. Oh yeah. 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 Fame, fame was, uh, one of my guilty pleasure shows. I mean, along with my sister, we, we would watch fame. Can't tell about, you a whole lot about now, but, <laughs> um, you, you know, a lot of these cop shows that, the cop shows were very, very prominent in the 1980s, it seemed like. Um, Cagney and Lacey. Uh, yep, Mi- two females. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, obviously, Miami Vice is a Rockin', big one. Rocket and Tubbs, buddy. Hell yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Scarecrow and Miss and the Scarecrow Mr. King. And Mr. King. Uh, Miss King, Mr. King. Yeah. I know. Somebody King. Yeah. <laughs> there there I, was I, a I, Scarecrow I and there was a King. <laughs> I didn't watch that one either. All right. Now Charlie's Angels or was that 70s? That was more 70s, but I think it uh it may have gone into the early 80s. But I okay. I I feel like for whatever reason when whenever I hear Charlie's Angels Angels 1977 comes to mind. And I don't know if that's the year it started and I just know that because I know a lot of stupid knowledge like that. It doesn't serve me any purpose other than this, but I I feel like for whatever reason, 77 pops in my mind when I think of Charlie's Angels. Um, Little House on the Prairie is on this list. Now, this show here, a lot of people our age loved it. I could not get into it. And I'm talking about, um, well, Matlock and MacGyver. <sighs> Okay, Matlock, me not so much, but I love MacGyver <laughs> just because the guy could build a, a rocket out of a couple tin cans and a candle, you know? I mean, the, the guy was amazing. Um, plus, it was, I, re, I remember specifically watching the very last episode of MacGyver with my best friend Matt Hicks at the time. And we were absolutely stunned at how utterly ridiculous the show was because we were oblivious to how what's the word far fetched it was when we were when we were younger. But when we watched that last episode, it was like we were laughing over top of one another. It was, it was so bad. It was kind of like watching when the Batman TV series came out with the Batman movie and Batman had a shark hanging from his leg and he pulled the Batman shark repellent off his belt and he sprayed the shark and the shark fell off. 
Batman was cool up until the movie, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the longer these shows went, they seemed like they did go off the rails. And I realize you're trying to, get, you know, you're trying to keep shit fresh and you're trying to, you know, still resonate with your established fan base. But a lot of these shows, the longer they went on, the more they kind of tarnished their legacy. You know, when you go back and you buy these these series on DVDs or whatever, you know, you're paying attention. You'll play like the first handful of seasons because that's the time period of that show that really resonated with you. But after a certain point, you can tell they're just, you know, throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Dukes of Hazard was very much on that radar because when Bo and Luke Duke were replaced by Vance and Coy, the show was over as far as I was concerned. Like, yeah, you had Boss Hog, you had Daisy Duke, you had Uncle Chessie, uh, but the two main dudes were replaced by two substandard dudes, and they just it killed the entire vibe of the show. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. You know, it's funny you mentioned going back and watching shows on your DVD box sets. You know, when you get to our age and you put you put these shows in, for example, I'm just going to throw out uh, Sidney Croft's Land of the Lost. I used to love it when I was a kid. And when I put in a DVD and I started watching, I'm like, why the hell did I ever like this show? This is ridiculous. And I can say that with a number of shows. Um Ultraman. I loved Ultraman when I was a kid. Don't know why I liked it. Um, I was talking about this with Joe Johnson yesterday at the studio. Uh, he has a picture of himself with HR Puff and stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, but if you were to go go back and watch that now, like HR Puff and stuff, the banana splits, the great space coaster, you know, oh, look at the great space coaster just hit an earth. Um, <laughs> you know, I used to watch that every morning before I went. Yeah, it's the great space coaster. Come aboard. You know, and, you know, there's no good news like good, good news with Gary Gnu. You know, but you watch that shit now and you're going to have to take some of Brian Boff's pot dots in order to get a kick out of it, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way it makes sense. That's the only way it makes sense. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Um, I want there's two shows like they're kind of I, I feel like um, I might be wrong here, but for what whatever reason, I feel like one is a spin-off of the other. Um it came out in the 70s, they ended in the 80s. I these are two shows like when I think about them, I think about my mom. Like my mom didn't have a lot of favorite shows, but when she did, like she laughed her ass off. Soap. Benson. No, my mom didn't watch those at all. Nope. You are not familiar with Soap and you are not familiar with Benson. I'm familiar with Benson just because of Ben Vereen. Uh, ben Vereen. Yeah, that was his name, Ben Vereen. Um, and I may have watched it once or twice when I was home playing sick, you know, from school. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't anything that we really got into. So soap was a um, it was a knockoff on so- soap operas. Okay, like they poked fun at soap operas, and some of the uh, 
storylines were just so off the wall. And it was one of the first times on a on a television show that homosexuality was addressed. And it centered around Billy Crystal's character. And it like there was a lot of big names on this show. Billy Crystal, Ben Vereen, uh, Richard Mulligan. Uh, it, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of big stars on that show. Benson would would become its own sitcom with Ben Vereen. And like for whatever reason, like those shows, I if they're on, I'll watch them just because it takes me because I'm very much. We, we've talked about this. That's what the whole purpose of this whole goddamn podcast is. It, like, it takes us back to that time, and I can re- remember sitting there, and I can remember hearing my mom laugh. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and like, it's it still, it wasn't my favorite show, but I will watch it because it reminds me of her. So I, I just didn't know if, if those re- registered with you or not. Well, I'm going to mention a show that I know is absolutely 110% not on your list. And it's one of those shows, Sunday nights at 7 o'clock, I believe it was Channel 7, I would watch with my parents and my sister. It was one of the few shows that we would absolutely have to get to. We would have, it was one of those things, we have to eat dinner, we have to have our showers done, and we have to be in front of the TV at 7 o'clock. It was religion. It started in 1989. It was hosted by Bob Saget, and it was America's Funniest Home Videos. And I believe that's why I still love shows like Ridiculousness to this day is because it's the same format as what America's Funniest Home Videos was. Mm -hmm. Um, But what was cool about it is, and you said the exact same thing I was thinking, was I could hear my mom laughing at those videos. You know, if that show was on in rerun syndication right now, I would have to watch it just so, I mean... My dad was one of the most serious guys you've ever met in your life. Same. To hear him laugh was something special. Yeah. And he would belly laugh at America's Funniest Home Videos. I bet you that's not on your list, is it? It is not on my list, but as you laid that out, and like you, you said something like my my dad very very serious as well didn't hear him laugh very often so when he did whatever it was that registered um has stuck with me for you you mentioned america's funniest home videos for my dad and even though it's a 90s show it was home improvement and anytime i watch home home improvement and coach remember the show coach yep with, with craig t nelson those two shows legitimately makes my dad laugh and if I see them on like Nick at Night or something like that, um, I I will watch those because number one I enjoyed them too. Like it was funny shit, especially Home Improvement because it was centered or it was set in Michigan, and anything that is sent set in Michigan, I have a particular interest for. You know what I mean? Like this state sucks weather wise, but it's still my home state. So anytime that anything cool happens in the state of Michigan, you have my attention. I think that's why Beverly Hills Cop resonates with me so well. They could have taken that, you know, that part of the movie anywhere in the country. They centered on Detroit, Michigan. And I feel like that's why it 
resonates with me the way that it does because I do have an appreciation for the history of the state of Michigan. And anytime you put any kind of spotlight in there, I'm all about it. Um, but I'm very much with you. And that's that's why a lot of these shows re- resonate, not just because of how we felt about them personally, but what they did for our parents. You know, it brought my, our parents these this legitimate time of joy and happiness and being able to laugh and not worry about bills and work and all these responsibilities that we now experience as adults and as you know you and i are fathers and and things of this nature and the whole adulting thing sucks balls but you know we have these moments of time via tv shows that takes us out of that realm right absolutely um and it's really cool sitting there thinking about it now thinking about sitting there watching America's Funniest Home Videos with my mom and dad, it makes me appreciate that they made sure that we were fed and that they made sure that we were showered so that we could spend that, you know, I mean, even though it wasn't from a TV, it was quality family time. I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with my dad during the week because I would go to school. It was like from seven to three. And my dad worked at uh, like second shift. So he was at work from like three to 11, you know, or 12, or if he worked mm-hmm. overtime, two, three o'clock in the morning. So I didn't get to see my dad all too much. But the fact that we were able to find something that we could all enjoy together and have that family, I like my sister. I hardly ever acknowledge my sister. I don't even think I've ever mentioned her on this show since we started. Um, But that was one of the few times, like besides watching Fame, because I know I brought that up, uh, that I can remember actually sitting down next to my sister and laughing with her at at a television show and, and just sharing that, you know, quality time together. You don't get that anymore in the American family. You don't. And that's, that's a problem. And that's yeah. probably why there's such a significant breakdown of the family dynamic, you know, for, for a lot, a lot of people, not across the board. And I understand if you hear something fucked up in the background, we are recording on Saturday. It is the first Saturday of the month. They're running the tornado sirens right outside my, my studio window here. So if you, if anything is coming across, that's what it is. Um, Laverne and Shirley, was that too old? Was that too far off your radar? No, we watched that. I mean, that was like another spinoff uh, from Happy Days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, Laverne and Shirley was a spinoff. Joey and Chachi was a spinoff. One of my Mark absolute favorite TV shows and Mork and Mindy was a spinoff. You know, uh, Laverne and Shirley, uh you know, that's where I tried uh, Pepsi and milk for the first time watching that. And <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had to try it, man. It was on TV, so it had to be uh, just like the Internet. If it's on the Internet, it has to be true. Right. So <laughs> I, I had to try Pepsi and milk. And it at the time, I think I might have actually <laughs> liked it. But then again, I used to eat peanut butter and bologna sandwiches, too, because I thought those were good. So, <laughs> you know, but no, Laverne and Shirley, I. Uh, Lenny and Squiggy made that show for me. So, okay, I'm gonna throw one out at you. Then, and it just came to mind. I I think we we have touched on it a little bit. Um, another one of those shows that gets forgotten about. 
until you start really doing a deep dive into it, bosom buddies that put Tom Hanks on the goddamn map. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, all you people worried about drag queens and transgenderism, just get bosom buddies to watch and then look out what you're debuting. You tell me if this is a new problem or not. It's been Idiots. around a long time. Right, right. No, this Hell. is brand new. No, motherfucker, it's been yeah. around for eons at this point. Hell, I remember Elmer Fudd dressing up, dressing up in a green dress and he had red hair. I thought he was pretty hot. I mean, <laughs> you're talking the 70s, for God's sakes. <laughs> you said that. We're going, on, we're going on the sidebar here. You just run, said run. that. And you and you know what, what triggered? What's that? Remember, you remember that scene in Wayne's World when they're when Wayne and Garth are laying on the hood of their car, they're looking up at the sky, and Garth asks Wayne, "Hey, when Bugs Bunny dressed up as a girl bunny, did you think he was cute?" <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, this is time. This one is timely only because of what we talked about on ONTV this past week. Taxi. Did Taxi come across your radar? Did you watch that show? I didn't, because if I remember right, that was an 11 o'clock show, and it came on during the week. My bedtime when I was a kid. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I used to have a bedtime when I was a kid, and it's actually two hours later than what my bedtime is now, and it was <laughs> 9 o'clock in the evening. Uh, so I believe Taxi came on at, like, 11 o'clock at night. Um, I have watched it in reruns, you know, Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd, uh, you know, I believe that was an offshoot of a movie, DC Cab, with Mr. T. I, I think they kind of spun it off of that. DC Cab was inspired by the show Taxi. Taxi oh, was it? debuted okay. in 1978. And we mentioned this and why it's timely is because that's the show that put Andy Kaufman on the map. That got that put him on. Yeah. Um, I say that because he was just inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, this weekend as hey. part of, of, of WrestleMania weekend. Sidebar. Yeah. Who, who inducted him? Because I haven't watched it yet and I know you did. Okay. So they did a pre tape with Jerry the King Lawler. Okay. He, he was not able to be in LA for that because. Anybody that's following his story knows he just had a stroke recently and they didn't permit him to, to, to travel. You know, he's in Memphis and the show was in L.A., uh, but he they did do a pre-tape with him. The actual in-person induction was done by Jimmy Hart and because Jimmy Hart managed Kaufman when he did his wrestling bit in Memphis, the whole angle with uh, Jerry Lawler and um Kaufman's brothers and sister came in and accepted the award for him. Okay. I I just, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be a Latka accepting it or even what the, what the hell was his name? Tony Clifton. Singer? Tony Clifton. If Tony Clifton would have inducted Andy Kaufman, that would have been money right there. Yeah. <laughs> Golden opportunity pissed away, if you ask me. They should uh, that would have been perfect for that environment. But you know, I was kind of here we go on a goddamn sidebar. Uh, I was worried about Kaufman's induction because I was worried that his family, oh, his daughters were there too, by the way, Andy Kaufman's daughters. 
um, I was worried that they were going to shit on it, shit on the wrestling business. And, you know, okay, great. You put Andy in the Hall of Fame, but it wasn't his crowning achievement. Polar opposite. Like they were so appreciative of the opportunity of him being enshrined and, you know, acknowledging what was in reality a very big part of Andy Kaufman's life. Like they had made mention during their speech. Yeah, he was an actor. He was a comedian. He was this and that. But his um, his angle with Lawler and, and being involved in the wrestling business was one, if not the most proudest points of his professional career. And I was so glad that they acknowledged that. I... Uh... I don't know. I don't know where I want to go with this. I think we should just go back to the list now. Okay. I, I wasn't a big taxi taxi guy. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cosby Show. Uh, I remember watching it with mom. Um, you know, you had the offshoot of a different world with that one. Yeah. Um, that I mean, was, it was okay. That was really part. That was the uh, kind of like the centerpiece of the whole Thursday night lineup. For, for a long time in the 80s, Thursday night was destination television for NBC. And there was like a two-hour block of time, four half-hour shows. Cosby Show was the lead-in. And at 9 o'clock was Cheers, which is also on, on this list. Now, the 8.30 uh, time slot and the, and the 9.30 time slot altered. Uh, over the years, they were trying to find the perfect, you know, companion show to go in there. But for that block of time, it was Cosby Show and it was Cheers as the two pillars of Thursday Night TV. Cheers is one of those shows that um, is pretty iconic for a generation. I don't know if it gets the attention and the appreciation that it should here and now. Would you agree with that or was that show just not on your radar? Cheers wasn't on my radar until much later on down the line. I think Cheers has its own subset of fans still to this day. I mean, there are, there are Funko Pops being produced of Norm and Cliff and uh, Sam and Diane. Sam and Diane, yeah. I'm sitting there <laughs> Ted Danson, Ted Danson, what was his character? Yeah, Sam and Diane, Woody Harrelson's character. Um, plus, I believe there's still, there's bars that are designed after the actual movie or TV set of, of that television show. So while I enjoyed that show, it necessarily, you know, I was, uh, I wasn't impressed with Christy Alley back then, nor was I impressed with uh, Diane. Uh, Shelly Long. Shelly Long. Um, so that necessarily wasn't my, a uh, cup of tea. I didn't really start watching it till later on down the line. You know what pisses me off? What's that? Alf is not on this list. Really? Yeah. Huh. How are you going to have an 80s TV show list and not include Alf? How are you not going to have Small Wonder? How are... Was Small Wonder a syndicated show? Because I'm, I feel, I mean, with the side from uh, like a couple of these uh, Baywatches on this list, that, that was like, that is the epitome of syndicated TV. 
Small Wonder is another one of those shows that just does like I mentioned that when we talked about the the guilty pleasures, doesn't yeah. get the the just do it deserves. Punky Brewster, Webster. Um, you better say Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons. I mean, the they are glare you know they're glaringly missing from these lists now for you and I. In the time frame, the age gap that we, or the age, the point of age that we were at, those were our shows because they they were geared more towards us. But it's still centered around the family dynamic. Um, The Waltons is another one of those that kind of takes me, you know, that goes along the lines with hanging out with the grandparents, the Petticoat Junctions, the Green Acres. Waltons became part of that genre, uh, but I still I still remember that show, and I think about my grandparents when when I watch that show, um, or I hear about it, or what have you. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, we've talked about that. Columbo, we've talked about. Uh, I didn't realize that Columbo was on for as long as it had been on there. It started in 1968 and ran until 2000. Can you believe that shit? Wow. That's that's, a, that's incredible. No, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, here's one that's got people pissed. The Golden Girls. Not on the list. The only reason why people are pissed is because Betty White just passed away. Golden, <laughs> Gr- Golden Girls was an okay show. I mean, it wasn't nothing to write home about. I mean, I've watched it. I you know, it was about four dirty old ladies. Who cares? Listen, you are fixing to piss off a whole demographic <laughs> of our fan base, brother. Tread that's, lightly. That's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going off in my head, off on a, my own sidebar because I'm, I'm going back to Silver Spoons and I'm thinking about how some of these child actors actually grew up with us. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm not thinking about Ricky Schroeder. I'm thinking about his best friend Alfonso Rivera. Rivera. Mm-hmm. You know, Alfonso, uh, after he left Silver Spoons, he was doing the Pepsi commercials with Michael Jackson. And then he wound up becoming Carlton on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then he's done, uh, oh, he he was doing like a singing show competition. I can't think of what the name of that is right now. But I'm, I'm just thinking about the, 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 the kids who were child actors that grew up with us that didn't have, you know, half the problems that some of these other kids had. Uh, Scott Bayo, I mean Scott Bayo starting out in Happy Days, worked his way to Joni Loves Chachi, then went to Charles in Charge, uh, then he tried tried the movie thing and didn't really work for him. Um, so, like I said in my head, I'm kind of going off on my own tangent. But hey, dude, we've been going an hour and fifteen minutes. How much more list do we got? No, that that those were the the main the main ones that they had on here. Um, Little House on the Prairie was on there. We we touched on that um, when we were talking about uh, Highway to Heaven and, and, and things of that nature. Um, but the, you mentioned like kids that that were kids when we were watching them, and now they're adults. Mario Lopez comes to mind, um, you know, from Saved by the Bell, and now he's doing you know Access Hollywood and uh, and all of these shows. He's been on the E Network and. And all that, but like that's where he got his start was being a child actor and, and things of this nature. Blossom, 
uh, the girl that played Blossom is now hosting Jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> she's also got a TV show that my wife and I watch called Call Me Cat all the time. And, yep. And then she's uh, Sheldon, the 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 spinoff or the original show of Young Sheldon. She was on that one too. I those shows I never really watched. Um, uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, she was on that. Um, yeah, quite, when you think about it, the, the the, the kids back in the day when we were kids hosting the shows now, it's kind of amazing uh, when, you, when you really think about it. It's, it's a hard thing, too, because I'm sitting there trying to come up with them as, as I'm talking about it. And I have one or two and then I lose it. And <laughs> it's old man mind working on me right now. Maybe maybe this could be something for a future episode. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like we've done a pretty good job at. Uh tackling a lot of these shows and it, you know it was a fun conversation as it always is takes us back to yesteryear yester decade i guess for the lack of a better term but uh as we put a bow on this uh any any one that we did not touch on that needs some sort of spotlight man you know you can always go back and you could you, oh i i don't know man off the top of my head No, because right now I'm having a tremendous amount of brain farts because I'm thinking about power tripping through the 90s now. Uh, right. We just got tagged in the post from uh, DJ Cassandra Ray. I was looking to read and can't, <laughs> I can't at the moment. I, I got, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm wrestling tonight, Jason. I haven't stepped into a wrestling ring. and Well, this is going to drop next week, but I haven't stepped in a wrestling ring in three years. So this is going to be kind of crazy. It is. Um... You know, you can take yourself out of the game, but you can't take the game out of you. And right. Right. When, when you said, you know, you and I have talked about this. You're like, you know, I'm contemplating on doing a couple of shows that people want want me to work, and I'm like, he's doing it. It's just a matter of which one, you know. Yeah. But at this stage in your career, bro, you have every right to be as selective and picky as as you want, and you like you've earned that right. So I feel like. If it's something that you are seriously considering doing, putting the boots back on and just going through the rigors of that world, it means something to you. So um, as the show drops, the match will have already happened. But, you know, as we're recording this, I wish you the best of luck and hope that, you know, you're safe and everything goes well. Um, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> We'll go ahead and put a bow on this one for this week. We certainly appreciate everybody tuning in as we do each and every week. Stay tuned to our social media outlets for all the latest news and information about this show, upcoming live events, new merchandise. Head on over to cafepress.com forward slash PFC Network for all the latest uh, merchandise from Power Tripping through the 80s or all of our great shows here across our network now. Um, on Friday, you will get a new heat vent. On Saturday, you get a new turnbuckle time machine. Uh, Tuesday, you'll get the, or Monday, you'll get uh, Hanging with the Hitman. Tuesday, you get the flagship show. And uh, then we'll be back here next Wednesday. So with that, go out, be awesome to yourselves and to each other. And we will see you right back here next week with a new episode of Power Tripping Through the 80s here on the PFC Entertainment Network.
calendar has flipped into another month and now springtime is upon us. With that comes the all-important prom season. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of girls in the Genesee County area that miss out on this wonderful experience because, well, they don't have a dress. I want to tell you about this cool program, this, this very cool drive that is being orchestrated by the UAW Local 598 Women's Committee. Now, what they're asking for is for anyone who has any new or gently used prom or homecoming dresses that they have no use for to be donated. The Women's Committee will take the collection of dresses to Forever Bella. They are a dress shop that works with Genesee County Schools to provide girls in need free dresses so that they can attend their prom. The only requirement is that the dresses be cleaned and from a smoke-free home. And the dresses that are not suitable for prom are donated by Forever Bella to Angels Above, the Whaley's Children's Center, and Flat Rock Assisted Living for their adult prom. If you have a dress in your closet that is no longer of use for you, we encourage you to donate them at the UAW Local 598 U. Union Hall on G3293 Vanslake Road in Flint. They are accepting donations until April the 21st. If you can help out these girls in need, it would be very much appreciated. And we thank you for your consideration to donating to this very important cause.